Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know if you all know this about me, but I am the most highly trained driver on the roads. I have had much training and lots of experience, and I can tell you, my children can attest to this, that there's no one better on the road than me. It seems that everyone wants to sin against me. And, and I told myself on the way this morning that I'm not going to allow it to happen. I am not going to pass judgment on any driver that crosses my path. But then I get to Green River on Lincoln, and of course it goes down to one lane. Yeah, and so then the race is on. Okay, and so I didn't. I didn't punch it. I tried to give him some time, but it came out. It just came out, and and I said, "It's the skinny one on the right, bud. Skinny one on the right." I'm trying to get to church, buddy. And sure enough, that old Kia, I can give you a good description, I almost got the plate memorized, slid right in front of me. Our world has no shortage of sinful behavior. But isn't it funny that it always seems that everyone else's sin is worse than, than mine? It's easy to see the log in another's eye. Or the splinter in our own we, we can't see. But we see this in our reading today. A reading that is easy to understand, yet so incredibly challenging as a disciple of Christ. And so here we have this unmerciful, this unforgiving servant. This king... This king's going to settle accounts. Maybe the economy's down, whatever the case. He's going to settle accounts, though. And so he brings his first servant in. And this servant owes 10,000 talents. Now, what's 10,000 talents? It, there's not a great exchange rate between a talent and, and, and the U.S. dollar. But essentially, what we can settle on is a talent is roughly a year's worth of wages. So imagine... You come before your debtor, and they tell you, well, you just owe me, let's see, uh, 10,000 years worth of your wages. And you go, hmm, it's going to be tough to come up with that. It's going to be pretty tough. And so this servant, realizing that there is no way that he can pay this, he drops to his knees and says, be patient with me. Just give me a little more time. Now, on the surface, you think time, that's an arrogant request. You, you don't have enough time. You can't pay that. But he asks for patience from the king. And the king's response, it was greater than he could have ever imagined or thought. The king says, I've wiped it clean. Just like that. I've wiped it clean. No more. 10,000 years worth of income. It's gone. It's done. Wow. Can you imagine? Imagine if the IRS said, you got a year off paying taxes. We'd be excited for one year not paying taxes. Imagine 10,000 years worth of wages gone. Spoken just like that. 
So this individual who receives this mercy, this servant, he goes out. And what's he do? He finds the first debtor he can find and he grabs him by the neck and he starts to choke him. He says, give him my money. Give me what you owe me. What did that guy owe him? A hundred denarii. It's a little easier to exchange. It's roughly three to four months wages. Not a small amount. But it's not insurmountable like the 10,000 years worth of wages that he had just received forgiveness for. And what did that man do? The exact same thing. He drops to his knees and says, have patience with me. Just give me some time. What was his reaction? Nope. Right to jail. Sending you off. Not going to tolerate this. You owe me, you owe me big, and you're going. No room for mercy here. And the servants that were watching were distressed. They were scared. They knew that they owed a debt as well. And something must have happened with the king because they just saw him come out and boy, he was mad when he choked that other guy. The king must have really come down hard on him. And it's all going to trickle downhill. And next, it's coming to me. So these servants go and they report it to their master. They report it to the king. And the king comes. And he says, oh no you don't. I just forgave you all your debt, 10,000 years worth of wages. And you go and you can't extend the same grace and mercy to your fellow debtor for two or three months worth of wages? Forget it. Off you go to jail and to the tormentors. What's this mean, as Luther would say? What... What is this telling us? That 10,000 years of wages, that insurmountable amount, is your sin. It's my sin. You take that amount and you start multiplying it by the number of sinners that sit here and the number of sinners that hopefully are filling churches across the country and around the world. Those sins... Are the debt. But Christ the King, King Jesus, the Master, extended mercy. He extended grace. And just like that, straightway, He forgave those sins. All of them. Not in part, in total. Fully atoned for. He calls us to go and do likewise. He calls us to extend the mercy that he has extended to us first. Lest we risk separation from him. Which is an incredibly scary thought. It is a hard teaching. But God spoke it. 
We love because Jesus first loved us. And therefore we forgive because Christ first forgave us. Now I shared with you a confession of my sin which can cause us to laugh. But the reality of it is I can't even get from Newburgh to Evansville without sinning. I can hardly make it through the beginning of the service after confessing my sins to go receive the Holy Supper without having to examine myself yet again for sin that has crept in in my thoughts. Forgiveness is incredibly difficult. And we all sit here and somewhere we owe someone an apology. We need to seek forgiveness. But probably what we're more focused on is those that are indebted to us. Those that have sinned against us, that have wronged us, that need to come to us and apologize and ask for forgiveness. If we're not careful, this bitter root starts to take hold of some nasty soil. And this bitter root starts to grow. And what happens? We start to separate ourselves from maybe a family member, maybe a physical neighbor, maybe someone at work, maybe just a stranger doesn't seem as significant because we don't really know them. But then this wall is built between us. And that wall was built between us and our Heavenly Father. And it's really difficult to go before Him and to ask for, for various things within our intercessions and our prayers when we have this root of bitterness that we're holding on to, this unforgiveness that we can't let go of. It is not easy to forgive others. But what about those repeat offenders? What about those people that keep doing it over and over? You know, Peter, Peter said, Jesus, how many times, how many times should, I, should I forgive my brother? Remind me. Well, he's thinking three because that's what the rabbis would have taught. And then Jesus, he says, seven. So he's thinking, I'm going to get him here. Seven's complete number in Jesus' day. Seven. Seven times? And Jesus says, no. Seven times 77. Unlimited forgiveness. I don't know if you guys remember different strokes, but I got to imagine Peter as little Arnold looking up at his brother going, what you talking about, Willis? Like, really? That many times unlimited, Jesus? Are you serious right now? He was. He was serious. Every time I kneel there or kneel here, I'm a repeat offender. But God finds it in his mercy to forgive me. There are certain sins I don't struggle with. I don't struggle with stealing. I don't struggle with lying. Those aren't my struggle. Maybe they're yours. But either way, you'll find that when you kneel, you're frequently confessing the same sins. You are repeat offenders, just as those that repeatedly offend against you and sin against you. But God in his grace and mercy 
extends forgiveness. Self. This might be one of the hardest ones to forgive is ourselves. What do we do when we've wronged someone and we know it? When we've offended our spouse? When we've, we've not treated our, our child fairly? When we've been disrespectful to our, our, our boss or those in authority over us? It's really hard to admit our wrong, even though it's, it's nagging at us a bit. And maybe we get through that and we reconcile. But there's something that just nags at us. Am I really forgiven? Am I sure? Could God really die for that? That was really bad. That was terrible judgment. Why did I do that again? It's really hard to forgive ourselves. And probably even more difficult to know that we are forgiven because we think it's an emotion. We think it's a feeling. But it is an action that happens at the waters of baptism. It's an action that we hear when God's word of forgiveness is spoken to us through the absolution. It's an action that we receive forgiveness in the gifts of the Lord's Supper. It's not about your emotion or your feeling. If you have confessed it and you repented of it, God's forgiveness is yours. How easy are you to forgive? You harden your heart? Do you dig in your heels? Do you refuse to be the one that's wrong and apologize or start to talk about it? Maybe look within yourself and see where you can concede your struggles to the Lord that you can be easier to forgive. That you can soften your heart and you can admit your shortcomings. There is tremendous freedom and forgiveness and reconciliation. And God, this merciful King, stands ready to forgive you. But He also has an expectation. That you as his servant, unlike the one that goes out and chokes for a few months wages, he expects you too to extend that same mercy to the guy driving the Kia. I am to forgive. To my spouse, to my children, to my parents, to those at church. Whomever you have offended and sinned against, God calls you to extend grace to them as well. I want to take you back to that parable again. Imagine the king forgives 10,000 years worth of wages. Gone. Done. It's over. His servant goes out. And now he's choking another servant who's in debt. But remember the servants were watching? These other servants were watching what was going on. And they went back and told their master. When you come to church, there are people outside these doors that don't necessarily know what goes on in here. 
And so you're like that servant that met with the king and you receive this grace and you receive this mercy. You're reminded of your baptism. You're absolved of your sins. You receive the Holy Supper. And then you go out and you choke your neighbor because they sinned against you. That is not representative of what takes place here. That is not representative of what being a disciple of Christ is. God expects you, His disciples, to be a representative of what takes place here in the house of the Lord, the King who forgives all debt. You are to go and do likewise. Christ paid your debt in full. And we will pray here in a few minutes, and maybe you pray through the week. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I grew up, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. If you are unwilling to forgive, Luther would say that it's no different than you saying, Hey God, I know I'm in debt to you, but I've got some debtors too. Okay? And I'm not really interested in your forgiveness because these guys owe me. So thanks, but no thanks. I think I'm going to go ahead and, and take my chances and I'm going to take my punishment in hell. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. When we, we let these words come across our lips, when we babble, forgive us our trespasses, is we forgive those who trespass against us. If we're not willing to forgive, we're telling God thanks, but no thanks. I'm not interested. My way's better. That jail, that torment, is hell. Is eternal separation from Him. God calls us to forgive as we've been forgiven and forgiveness from the heart. It's hard. It's not easy. And it's not a, Cole, will you forgive me? Yes, and it's gone. There are things that create big wounds that last years. I don't think God is telling us that it has to be in a snap. We like to say, forgive and forget. We're not going to forget. We don't have that ability to forget and turn our eyes, the Lord does. But we can remember without resentment. And that forgiveness can be a long process. It may take years. But work on it. And seek the Lord. Extend the forgiveness that has been extended to you. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, as Psalm 32 says. Your sin is covered. It is atoned for. It is paid in full. You have received the mercy of the king. Go and do likewise that others would know his love, that they would know his forgiveness, that they would enjoy the freedom of forgiveness that is ours 
that was won the cross. Amen. Amen.